It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas, and we're back once again, all of you D-heads, and you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blue's Disney On Demand, and this week for show number 129. For the week of December 17th, 2015, we're continuing with our month-long Very Merry Christmas celebration. Yes, as we're counting down the days, we're crossing off the calendar, getting ready for the jolly fat man to arrive, we're going to continue on with our Christmas celebration here at the show. And to help us do that is somebody that is part of a you know, holiday perennial, somebody that is part of a movie that all of you have seen, you've passed on to your children, and we all know and have our favorite parts. You know it from a Red Rider BB gun an infamous leg lamp, and even bunny pajamas. Yes, I'm talking about A Christmas Story. And with us here this week is none other than Scott Schwartz, who played Flick. Yes, the boy who stuck his tongue to the pole in A Christmas Story is going to be stopping in here to help us celebrate Christmas here at the show. And Scott's going to stop in and talk about a variety of different things, what it was like working on A Christmas Story, being part of this annual holiday perennial movie in A Christmas Story, his other films like The Toy, Kidco, what is he doing now, and how this film has been copied so many times in A Very Merry Muppet Christmas Movie. You'd also seen it with Olaf and Sven doing uh, their take of sticking their tongue to the pole. You see it everywhere, from Disney platforms to Muppets to Universal, you name it, everybody copies A Christmas Story. And Scott's going to stop in and share some holiday magic, maybe some Red Rider BB guns, leg lamps, and maybe sticking our tongue to a pole. It might even be a little fragile, as Scott Schwartz is going to help us celebrate our very Merry Christmas celebration. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team. And all show long, like all month, the D-Team's going to be stopping in with their favorite Christmas memories for all of you D-Heads out there. They're also going to have their signature segments. Yes, you have questions. Aaron has the answers. He's going to dip his hand into his Santa's mailbag and answer all your questions and I want to know. We have the latest from the Walt Disney World Resort with WDW and 2 with our very own Caitlin. We're going to take a look back at what just happened this week in Disney history with our very own Nathan. And let's not forget all the holiday music. No celebration would be complete without Christmas music. And we have the magical music review with Paige stopping in. And let's go deep into the vault with another Blu-ray and DVD you want to add to your holiday viewing collection with Jason. And we have our newest DT member, Cody, stopping in here this week with a very special Christmas memory just for all of you D-heads. There's tons of news hot off the D-wire from the Walt Disney World Resort, the Magic Kingdom, Disneyland, Star Wars, and so much more. And before I officially kick off the show, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by DVC-Rental.com. At DVC-Rental.com, you can save up to 60% off your next Walt Disney World vacation just by purchasing unused Vacation Club points from Vacation Club members. And spending on what else? All those Christmas gifts for all the people in your family, friends, and loved ones. So definitely check them out at dvc-rental.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, it is a big weekend. Not only are we celebrating Christmas, Star Wars The Force Awakens comes out. That's right, tomorrow The Force Awakens hits the theaters, and we are excited. So there's a little bit of a crossover here this week. So as we're gearing up for Scott Schwartz from A Christmas Story to help us celebrate Christmas, 
I think we should also recruit C-3PO and R2-D2 and just tell us what it's like to celebrate Christmas in the stars. Be right back, all VD heads. Let's officially kick off show number 129 for December 17th, 2015. Oh, my stars. I've never been so busy before. It seems Christmas arrives sooner each year. Christmas in the stars, Christmas in the stars, what a merry Christmas this will be. Christmas in the stars, out among the stars, lighting up a Christmas tree. Come on everyone and sing. ask a question like that. Of course I'm getting ready for Christmas. It's all right here on my list. I've got mistletoe and holly. I've got peppermints and lollipops and 20 different kinds of chocolate bars. Everyone will be delighted. Even I am quite excited getting ready for Christmas in the stars. Yes, Artu, of course it's terrific, but there's more. Everyone will have a cookie. I bought extra for the I just hope that everybody can be here. If they all have marked the date, and if none of them is late, we'll have our greatest of Christmases this year. I agree, Artu. We had better help them. Oh, perhaps Chewie can help too. Watch out, Mark! is the sound of bells. What are bells? Rise envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. You're full of beans and so's your old man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Says who? Says me. Oh yeah. Yeah. I double dare you. The exact exchange and nuance of phrase in this ritual is very important. Huh. Are you kidding? Stick my tongue to that stupid pole, that's dumb. That's cause you know it'll stick. You're full of it. Oh yeah? Yeah! Like double dog dare ya! 
Now it was serious. A double dog dare. What else was left but a triple dare you? And finally, the coup de grace of all dares, the sinister triple dog dare. I triple dog dare you! Schwartz created a slight breach of etiquette by skipping the triple dare and going right for the throat. All right, all right. Come on, Karen. Well, go on, smartass, and do it. I'm going, I'm going. Flick's spine stiffened, his lips curled in a defiant sneer. There was no going back now. This is Scott Schwartz on The Christmas Story and the Toy, and you are listening to Disney On Demand. In a more recent tradition, I've been noticing that tacky or ugly has become the theme when it comes to clothes or food or decorations. You see plenty of people with tacky sweaters, and, and that's all fine and good, but you know what I find the most interesting, and I can't call it tacky or ugly or disturbing, I call it really unique, is probably homemade ornaments or homemade decorations. And and I have to go back to a decoration that I made many years ago, back in kindergarten. Uh, my, my parents still put this decoration up every year. It happens to be of a Santa Claus. Real simple. How, how easy can that be? Red, white, little cotton balls, what have you. Well, the idea was is it was cut out of a rectangular piece of construction paper. And in doing that, you had your legs going down, which you're supposed to, but his arms are going straight up. So the first time I brought it home, my parents were really proud of it and everything, and I never understood for many years why they had laughed at it. I mean, continually laughed at it. It was their favorite decoration to put up every year. It wasn't until I was much older did uh, the truth come out and the fact that everyone thought that it looked like a Santa Claus being held up by for robbery. So again, arms straight up, legs straight down, head to the side. Yeah, I guess I could see he was being held up. So to me, it may be a joke and everything else in our family and it may probably look funny to most people, but you know what? If I don't see that hanging at my parents' house, I know it's not Christmas yet. So I hope you have a decoration or a memory similar to that that brings Christmas forward to you because those are the memories you're going to remember the most. So, Merry Christmas and may the Force be with you because that's what Christmas means to me. From all of us to all of you, a very Merry Christmas. And at this joyful time of year, we want you to be with us. So gather round our lovely tree where all the lights are shining. We'll be as happy as can be while all the bells are chiming. Ding dong, dingle, 
what a merry sound Ding dong dingle, Chris Kringle is in town And now I'll introduce you to the gang that's here to meet you The happy house of Mickey Mouse is waiting here to greet you Ha <laughs> ha! Hi folks! Merry Christmas! Happy New Year too! Ha <laughs> ha! Merry Merry Christmas! From all of us to you I'll hang you on my Christmas tree You'd be a pretty bangle Goofy, what are you saying? <laughs> jingle, jingle, jangle Ding dong, dingle What a merry sound Ding dong, dingle Chris Kringle is in town From all of us to all of you Can't wait until you're with us We'll meet beneath the mistletoe And say a merry Merry Christmas! It's Disney Blues. Disney on demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead. Uh, uh, With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. With this baby, we'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 129 for the week of December 17th, 2015, as we have Christmas in the Stars, yes, The Force Awakens opens this weekend, and we have Leg Lamps, Fragile, you name it, because we have none other than Scott Schwartz Flick from the perennial A Christmas Story stopping in as well. We have the D-team and so much more. I am excited as we are getting that much closer to Christmas, and come on, this weekend, two of my favorite favorites a christmas story and star wars are big parts of this week's show there's tons of news hot off the d wire and so much more so before i jump into the news that i'm going to present to you this week i do want to give you all the different ways that you can stay connected here at the show and first and foremost you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com D-I-Z radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z radio.com. You can also connect up with us over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney on demand. You can friend us on Facebook at facebook.com slash John Diz. That's J-O-N-D-I-Z. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and so much more. Just search Diz Radio, D-I-Z radio, Disney Blue, that's it's BLU or Disney On Demand, all of which will get you to our fun, quirky, magical little show. And remember, you can always subscribe and get the latest shows on your mobile device, your tablet, your Android, your iPhone, and more just by subscribing through iTunes and Stitcher Radio and get the latest shows right there on your mobile device to listen to, enjoy, and spread that magic every single week as it gets released. And remember, you can find all of these links and more, including Mimi's, the D-Team, our Lifetime of Disney player, and more at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I am going to keep news a little bit short here this week. We're getting that much closer to Christmas, so the last thing I want to do is give you 45 minutes of me rambling on and on and on and on when you're just looking for a little bit of Christmas fun. And you've already heard a little bit from the D-team, and they're going to be stopping in all show long with their favorite Christmas memories, with their tackiest, ugliest, either clothing, decorations, you name it, and more. So I'm going to just jump into the news that I will give you this week, and how about metal detectors getting used at Disney's SeaWorld? 
World and Universal. That's right, Disney has now officially installed metal detectors at its theme parks this week. It is also discontinuing the sale of toy guns at its parks and resorts and changing its costume policy. Now, no one over the age of 14 will be allowed to wear costumes into the parks anymore. And the toy guns? I think that is ridiculous. What about Pirates of the Caribbean? Can we no longer get a pirate pistol? This is going to be ridiculous. But as they have officially released, a Disney spokesperson has said, we continually review our comprehensive approach to security and are, and are implementing additional security measures as appropriate and needed. Now, only some guests who randomly were selected will have to go through metal detectors, so not everybody all the time. But Disney has increased the presence of local law enforcement over the years as well as the parks over the past few weeks and more with specially trained dogs. Now, Universal Studios and SeaWorld are also beefing up their security measures with the busy holiday season. Now this goes beyond just the holiday season of course with Disney. As we all know this last week there was a gentleman who had a gun at the Disney parks and had to be chased down and he was taken away. So as much as I am against you know having the magical place on earth have everyone is there to have a good time you always have those bad seas. Metal detectors I don't have an issue with but sales of toy guns all right, that's pushing a little bit too much here. Now, moving along here, let's get into the Disney Channel. And how about Disney Channel tapping Fuse Media alumni Jesus Rodriguez as Vice President of Marketing and Creative. Yes, Jesus Rodriguez has now joined Disney Channel as Vice President of Marketing and Creative, Variety Magazine has posted. Now, Rodriguez comes from Fuse Media, where he was the Senior Vice President of Marketing and Creative for Cable Nets, Fuse, and FM. Now, in his new role, Rodriguez will lead the marketing and creative campaign efforts for Disney Channel's branded linear and digital platforms and programming, including Zendaya's Casey Undercover, Live and Maddie, Girl Meets World, and more. And coming up, he will also lead the team responsible for development, production, and execution on many campaigns for upcoming series, like Stuck in the Middle and the new Disney Channel original movie, the remake of Adventures in Babysitting, starring Girl Meets World's Sabrina Carpenter. Now, Jesus' commitment to excellence and in innovation, digital and marketing strategies, and his global creative point of view will continue to drive Disney Channel's connection with kids and families across all platforms, said Disney's Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer Richard Loomis, who Rodriguez will report to daily. Now, Rodriguez is a native of Venezuela, and he added, My first trip abroad when I was 12 years old was to visit Walt Disney World Resort in Florida with my family, and being part of Disney is truly a dream come true. Now, this is going to be his new role kicking off in 2016, so congratulations to him, and hopefully this will push Disney Channel into an all-new era and an all-new direction. Now, since it is the holiday season and it is Christmas, I mean, come on, we've been all month long, we've been doing our very Merry Christmas celebration here at the show. Everybody knows the Osborne family of lights. Yes, the spectacle itself at the Disney Hollywood Studios is ending this year. We are all knew it was going to come. It seems like it's coming faster. And if you never got a chance to experience these lights, look them up on YouTube. It was fantastic. And I truly am sad to see it go. But... I am excited for a new Star Wars land as well, because, come on, I'm a giddy little boy who loves Star Wars as much as all of you, right? But the Osborne family spectacle of dancing lights at Disney's Hollywood Studios is coming to a close very soon, a little bit past January 1st. Now, Disney said its preparation for coming attractions to Hollywood Studios, including lands dedicated to Toy Story, Star Wars, and more, would prevent it from presenting the lights in the future. Now, the company has not indicated what will happen to the streets of America where the lights have been presented since 2004. I foresee it getting leveled completely since they don't do anything back there anymore. Hollywood Studios is no longer 
a working studios. Come on, how many of you remember going to MGM Studios and they were filming the Mickey Mouse Club there? They actually had movies being filmed in the back lots, the Golden Girls House, exterior shots, and more were all right there. But now it is coming. I'm not going to go on about it, but now the end is coming as Disney has announced, and the last time you can check them out is January 3rd, 2016. Now, if you do love Star Wars, which of course we all do because we have that combination of being across the stars and have leg lamps glowing this week, how about an all-new Star Wars-themed fireworks show is debuting Friday at Disney's Hollywood Studios. That's right, after much anticipation, Walt Disney World has begun rolling out the new Star Wars-themed attractions at Hollywood Studios as we've been announcing here at the show every single week. And now this Friday, park guests can experience Symphony in the Stars, a galactic spectacular for the first time ever. Now, the new fireworks show will be set to music featured throughout the Star Wars saga, and it will be featured each night at the park. Now, for those who can't make it to the park during the first show, it will be streamed live at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Friday night. So get ready, stream it, and enjoy it. If you can't see The Force Awakens tonight, or maybe you have tickets for a day or two from now, much like myself, watch Symphony in the Stars this Friday night. Now, like I said, I am going to keep news a little bit lighter here this week. I just want to have it fun and moving forward because it is our holiday shows and you get more than enough of me rambling on about news throughout the year when I give you that 40-minute blocks of tons of news. But the final bit of news here is we can all bow our heads in a moment of silence because every single week for the last five years and throughout my entire life, Walt Disney has been a huge integral role throughout my life, my career, what I what I do for a living, how I pass it on to my kids, and many of you tuning in have those magical memories as well. And it was this week in 1966 that Walt Disney, the creator, the innovator, the imagination man, had passed away. And it was this week that the world lost one of its greatest creators at a young, young age. So let's all bow our heads in one more moment of silence for the one and only Walt Disney, whose anniversary of passing was this week. All right, all of you D-heads, with that said, I wasn't lying. I am keeping news very, very short here this week. So you have questions, he has the answers. Aaron's going to answer those questions, and I want to know. We have Caitlin with the latest from the Walt Disney World Resort with WDW and 2. Nathan with This Week in Disney History. Paige stopping in with the Magical Music Review. Jason with The Vault. We have Cody, our newest D-team member, who's going to be stopping in with a magical memory. And so much more. Lots of fun things on the horizon. So before I release the reins to the D-team, more from our our fantastic show as we gear up for Scott Schwartz flick from the annual perennial movie A Christmas Story. I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by DVC-Rental.com. At DVC-Rental.com you can save up to 60% off your next Walt Disney World vacation just by purchasing unused Vacation Club points from Vacation Club members and spend it on what else? all of those presents for all the family, friends, and loved ones throughout your life. So definitely check them out at dvc-rental.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, lots of fun on the horizon, like I mentioned. Keep a new short. Scott Schwartz, flick from A Christmas Story. Come on, A Christmas Story has been parodied so many times, even from Olaf and Sven sticking their tongue to a pole, as well as one of the Muppets putting their tongue to the pole during A Very Merry Muppet Christmas. It has been parodied so many times from Goofy, Mickey, all the Disney characters, the Muppets, and more. Scott Schwartz, I'm excited to be stopping in here very shortly. And of course, come on, it's Christmas. The Force Awakens opens this weekend. It's Christmas and Star Wars. So as I release the reins to the D-Team, R2-D2, we wish you a very 
Merry Christmas. May the force be with you, D-Heads. Artu, where are you? Oh, there you are. Well, if you come over here, you'll find a wonderful surprise. You'll have to plug into the central computer to hear what it is. That's right. No, it's not a phase letter. It's your Christmas present. <laughs> Converter isn't complete yet. It isn't finished. Lock in your circuits again quickly. Envelope to Davis and Kirk. Write down that. That's it. I'm turning back. I know your family's waiting. I know it's an important day. All right, we'll give it a try. I'll set your coordinates. Won't jump far. I'll get you back there in time, pal. Trust me. Our only hope now is to outrun that Imperial Garbage Scout. I'm going to license. 
heck this spirit. You'll be celebrating life day before you know it. Stand by. Here's what we're saying about our unpleasant friends. Special, starring Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, Harrison Ford as Han Solo, Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia, with Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, Peter Mayhew as Chewbacca, R2-D2 as R2-D2. Jones as the voice of Darth Vader. Introducing Chewbacca's family. His wife, Mala. His father, Itchy. His son, Lumpy. With special guest stars. Beatrice Arthur, Art Carney, Diane Carroll, the Jefferson Starship, Harvey Corman, and an animated Star Wars story on the Star Wars Holiday Special. Hey there, D-Heads. Paige from the D-Team here. Now, as you know, Jonathan has had us sharing some Christmas memories and favorites. And this week he gave us a challenge. We had to pick our favorite, ugliest, tackiest, or odd Christmas decoration. Now, I won't lie. This was tricky. Say the wrong thing and you could find yourself in a world of trouble if you choose something amongst your family's decorations. I personally love all the decor in my house at this time of year, so I decided to choose my neighbor across the street. In true tacky Christmas fashion, my neighbors have, in their front window, shining bright for all the world to see. If you haven't guessed, I'm sorry to live under a rock. They have the major award itself, a leg lamp from a Christmas story, in their front window. While the movie has never been a favorite of mine, and you would never catch that lamp in my house, I do watch the movie every year with my family, and I have always enjoyed looking across the street and seeing it. It was actually cause for excitement when some of my extended family came to celebrate the holidays with us, as they'd never seen anyone who actually did display such a... gem in the front window of their house. It's tacky, it's odd, it's ugly to me, and it's my favorite. Best of all, it's not in my house. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. We're one week away from Christmas, and I can hardly wait. We're heading to Branson, Missouri this weekend to go to Silver Dollar City and see all the Christmas lights. This is our favorite Christmas tradition. Well, you guys have been busy sending in questions, so let's reach into the virtual Santa mailbag and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Jerry Reynolds of Oregon, and he writes, Aaron of the D-Team, I was listening to the Very Merry Christmas shows 
you have this year, it brought back many memories of old Disneyland records my mom used to have. I recall one, but can't find it or remember the name. It was something like a mouse concert of Christmas songs or something, but not Mickey Mouse. Any ideas at all? Thank you and the show for a wonderful podcast. Well, I believe the album you're referring to is Disney Christmas Favorites, The Mouse Concert, plus other Yuletide favorites. It's a 1973 Disneyland Records album featuring Christmas songs from the 1957 and 1959 versions of Walt Disney's Christmas Concert. It features such songs as Jingle Bells, Winter Wonderland, and a unique song called Jingle Bones performed by Witches 3. This album is available to purchase on Amazon. Our next question is from Tracy Hammond of Indiana and she writes, Question for the show about Disney Christmas specials. One of the newer ones my kids like is Prep and Landing. Just how many of those have there been? Just the two on Blu-ray? And were there any extra ones like Toy Story does of many episodes? Merry Christmas. Well, Prep and Landing is one of my son and I's favorite Christmas specials. Prep and Landing first aired December 8, 2009 on ABC. The special was released online the next day, along with an original one-minute short film, Tiny's Big Adventure. A sequel, Operation Secret Santa, aired on December 7, 2010, reprising the original cast with the addition of Betty White as Mrs. Claus. The second half-hour Christmas TV special, Prep and Landing Naughty vs. Nice, aired on December 5, 2011 on ABC, with another holiday special being planned for the future. The special was released on DVD on November 22, 2011, along with the short films Tiny's Big Adventure and Operation Secret Santa. It was also released on DVD and Blu-ray called Prep and Landing Totally Tinsel Collection on November 6, 2012, together with Operation Secret Santa, Naughty vs. Nice, and Tiny's Big Adventure. One of my favorite gags in Prep and Landing is if you look in Maggie's office, you will see the Christmas tree from a Charlie Brown Christmas. I look forward to more adventures from Wayne and Lanny. Well, our final question is from Drake Waters of Ohio, and he writes, Diz Radio, with the new year rolling around, we all know Star Wars is big this season and such. I know the Star Wars holiday special was a big thing, but wasn't there an album somewhere out there too? I've got some small YouTube songs here and there. Really want to get my hands on it. When did it come out, and can I buy it anywhere? Well, you're referring to Christmas in the Stars, Star Wars Christmas album. It was produced in 1980 by RSO Records. It features recordings of Star Wars themes, Christmas songs, and stories about a droid factory where the robots make toys year-round for S. Claus. Much of the album is sung and narrated by British actor Anthony Daniels, reprising his role as C-3PO from the Star Wars films. Sound designer Ben Burt also provided sound effects for R2-D2 and Chewbacca. The album is notable for featuring the first professional recording of John Bon Jovi, who sang lead vocals on the song 
R2-D2, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. His cousin Tony co-produced the album and ran the recording studio at which it was recorded, where John was working sweeping floors at the time. After the first printing of 150,000 copies, Mako was asked to allow George Lucas's name to be credited beside his under concept by. Due to the success of the album, the studios was ready to do a second printing, which would give Lucas credit. But before the second record printing could be done, RSO Records shut down due to an unrelated lawsuit. The album features such songs as What Can You Get a Wookiee for Christmas When He Already Owns a Comb and R2-D2 We Wish You a Merry Christmas. The complete album was released by RSO Records on LP and cassette in November 1980 to cash in on the increasingly popular Star Wars saga. This original printing featured cover art by the Star Wars film's production artist Ralph McQuarrie. The cassette version is now quite hard to come by. The album made its CD debut in 1994 as an unheralded budget label released by JFC Polygram Special Markets with all artwork and artwork and references to Star Wars removed from the packaging. The only credit on the package was Mecco, and it featured a generic cover photo of Christmas boxes and decorations. In October 1996, during the popularity of Star Wars Shadows of the Empire project, the album was re-released on CD by Rhino Records with Ralph McQuarrie's artwork. The album is available on CD, vinyl, and cassette on Amazon, but be ready to pay a hefty price. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless. Imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads, and Merry Christmas. Well, everybody, it's Christmas Eve and the tree is trimmed, so it's time for our annual carol sing. Take it, Rolf. Happy Holiday! Happy Holiday! Happy Holiday! Happy Holiday! May the calendar keep ringing Happy Holidays! Happy holiday, happy holiday, happy holiday, may the merry bells keep ringing, may your every wish come true. Ding dong merrily on high, in heaven the bells are ringing, ding dong verily the sky is riven with angels singing. Yeah. Yeah. I saw three ships come sailing in on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day. I saw three ships come sailing in on Christmas Day in the morning. And what was in those ships all three on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day? And what was in those ships all three on Christmas Day in the morning? Good King Wenceslas looked out on the feast of Stephen when the snow lay round about. 
deep and crisp and even. Brightly shone the moon that night, though the frost was cruel. When a poor man came in sight, gathering winter fuel. The holly and the ivy, when they are both full grown, of all the trees that are in the wood, the holly bears the crown. For the rising of the sun and the running of the deer, the playing of the merry horns, we sing in the choir. I'll be home for Christmas. You can count on me. You'll have snow and mistletoe and presents on the tree. Happy holiday! Happy holiday! Happy holiday! Happy holiday! May the calendar keep ringing. Happy holiday! Gather near to us once more, Piggy. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on, our troubles will be out of sight. Through the years, all will be together if the fates allow. Hang a shining star upon the highest bough, and have yourself a merry little So sweet and clear, sing the sad of heart to cheer. Ding dong, ding dong, Christmas bells are ringing. Ding dong, ding dong, Christmas bells are ringing. Caroling, caroling, near and far. Following, following yonder star. Mark you well the song we sing. Glad some tidings now we bring. Christmas bells are ringing. Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It's in every one of us. Thank you.
and author Noel McNeil, and you are listening to Diz On Demand. Hi there, it's Caitlin here with WDWN2, a quick rundown of what's happening in the parks. The Ganacherie, a brand new gourmet chocolate shop, is officially open at Disney Springs. The theming of the shop is said to be reminiscent of an old apothecary, but with a fresh twist. We're sure everything is delicious, but fittingly, they feature their very own ganache made of melted chocolate and cream. You can bet I'm stopping there next time I'm in the parks. Speaking of Disney Springs, if you happen to be down there this week or next, try to catch some of the special street musicians like Pat Frost, who plays Christmas carols with a conch shell and drums. He's frequently found playing near Dockside Margaritas. You can always pick up a Times Guide to check, and don't forget to meet Santa before he's off to the North Pole. And finally, my favorite news of the week, the Skipper Canteen in Adventureland has just opened this week. If there's one place in the parks I want to eat right now, it's this one. Inside, there are three dining sections, including a mess hall, Dr. Albert Falls' jungle-inspired parlor, and a secret meeting room of the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. The cuisine is inspired by tastes of Asia, South America, and Africa, and I can only hope that the servers are just as much fun as the skippers we know and love from the Jungle Cruise. If you have the Disney dining plan, rest assured that it's accepted. And make sure to check out the newest addition to Adventureland real soon. Thanks for listening, and until next time, don't forget, you can fly. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, come join your favorite Disney characters here in the Magic Kingdom as we celebrate the season.
everyone, Cody here. Hope you're all having a fantastic week so far. You know, around this time of year, everyone has their own special decorations that they like to throw out or special clothing they like to wear to celebrate the holidays. And we all have that one item that we're all thinking of right now that we're thinking, oh, I hope so-and-so doesn't put that out this year at their house or... Oh, I really hope I don't have to see that sweatshirt or that t-shirt or that hat this year. We all have something that around this time of year, we're just kind of hoping and praying that we don't see again. <laughs> and Mine, or for me, that is, it's, I don't think it's going away anytime soon. But my biggest thing is when people put the antlers and the red nose on their cars. I don't know how you feel about it, but for me, it's it's a little it's a little too much for me. I think, um, you know, bumper stickers and those little balls that you can put on top of your antenna now to support your team or what have you. I mean, you know, that's one thing. But when we start dressing up our cars like we do our uh, our dogs now that we're seeing out there with their sweatshirts and everything, I think we're going a little too far dressing up our cars to look like reindeer around this time of year. Especially when, uh, during this time of season, you know, you've got some wet, dirty weather, you know. I mean, the roads get dirty, you get all the salt, and the nose turns into not even a red nose anymore. It's more like a black and brown and red nose. And the antlers aren't brown antlers anymore. They're kind of black, and they're just kind of soaking wet antlers. I mean, it kind of loses its appeal after a few trips to the store and back. I mean, that's my thoughts on it. Uh, that's the one thing this time of year that I could just, I could really just go without seeing. Just for, um, you know, I know it's only for about a month, month and a half or so, but it's just, for me, that's just the one thing I never look forward to this time of year. Other than that, I say have at it. Hope everyone has a great rest of the week, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Hey, D-Heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand. Wow, it's dark in here. Wow, and now it's too bright. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. Kari, Kari McKean. It's like Carrie only with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an E and only one R and an I instead of an I. It's Disney On Demand. Well, it started out like any normal sitting gig, you know, with the reassuring of the parent and all. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. I just wish I could forget the whole thing. You will, kid. You will. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you're enjoying this massive, massive, huge holiday show. As all month long, our shows have been a little bit different as we've had our very merry Christmas celebration. And this week, for show number 129, we have tons coming from the D-team, magical memories, Christmas stuff. We are going across the stars with The Force Awakens. We have leg lamps, tongues getting stick to a pole, bullies, Red Rider BB guns, as we have Scott Schwartz, Flick from A Christmas Story stopping in, and lots of fun things. So, I already already kept news a little bit light for all of you D-heads, and you know, why not? I want the holidays to be fun, full of music, magic, and more, so I'm going to take a moment and talk about my ugliest and tackiest Christmas decoration. Now, much like the team all show long, they've been telling you what they think is the ugliest, the tackiest from clothing, decorations, and more. Well, I'm going to tell you that our ugliest decoration is a leg lamp. I kid you not, and listen to this story because it is a little bit different, and you might be... You might be asking yourself, just what does this guy do to his children? Well, 
let's just say a couple of years ago, I'm a big fan of A Christmas Story, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, all the Disney movies, and more, and I do have a leg lamp. I, I really do. I have a leg lamp. And normally I would take my leg lamp to work with me. It would go in my office, and I would go there because my wife hates it. Much like the movie, my wife thinks the leg lamp is the ugliest thing on the planet. She despises it. She hates it. She flat out has said for many years, it is not going in our house. Well, one year I didn't take it to work with me, and that happened to be the first year I ever showed that movie to my children. That was a couple of years ago, and Tyler, my youngest, was only about three and a half, four years old at the time. I think he was about four, so it was about a year and a half ago. So I showed him and the older kids the movie, and they all enjoyed it and loved it. And he said, do we have a leg lamp? I want a leg lamp in the window. And I said, yes, we do. I went down in the basement. I pulled out the leg lamp. Now he said, we have to put it in the window, dad. So I said, you got to talk to your mom for this. This is all comes down to your mother. And I gave her the sad eyes and the, it's all on your mom. Well, she stood her ground as mothers do. And she said, that ugly lamp is not going in our front window. She might have used some other colorful, uh, descriptions of the lamp but let's just say it wasn't going in the window so then she thought she devised a plan because how do you say no to a four-year-old all of you d-heads know i am big into halloween and i love halloween a a lot and we have bins and bins of costumes and so much more just so happens we happen to have a pink bunny costume in the basement i kid you not a pink bunny costume was in the basement it was just about a four-year-old size And I still had my Red Rider carbine action BB gun from when I was a kid. Not lying. I still have my original Red Rider from when I was a child. So my wife devised a plan and she said, you know what? All right, Tyler, tell you what. You put on the bunny costume and you hold the BB gun. Let us take your picture and the leg lamp can go in the window. She thought he would say no because he is all boy. He is the boy that wouldn't even get his pictures taken with princesses when we were at the Disney parks. So you know what, though? That boy said, all right, where is it? He put it on, posed with the gun, posed on our stairs and in front of the tree and earned his right to have the ugliest decoration, a leg lamp in our window of our home. Now, if you think I'm making this up, if you think anybody in their right mind is making this up, drop me a line, D-Heads. I will actually post a picture of my son in the leg lamp costume on the Disney On Demand Facebook page. So definitely check it out there at facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. I'm going to post it there just to show you all this is a 100% true crazy story. We are definitely a unique family. So I just wanted to share that with you. My favorite, tackiest, ugliest decoration finally made its way into the home that year with the help of a boy who wore a pink bunny costume and held a BB gun. So all of you D-heads, with that said, lots of fun things on the horizon. We have more from the D-team. Everybody is out shopping. We're having some fun. It's a lot more of a laid-back show here this week. We have more coming from the D-team throughout the entire show. And we have Scott Schwartz from The Toy with Richard Pryor and Jackie Gleason. He's also from Kidco and Flick from A Christmas Story, stopping in to celebrate our very merry Christmas celebration here at the show as well. Lots of fun things. So I'm going to stop my rambling, stop my babbling here, release the reins to the D-team. But as you're going out and you're buying those gifts for Christmas, buy some leg lamps, buy some pink bunny pajamas. You might even buy yourself a squirting tie, you know, some water squirting out of it as well. Or maybe some other hijinks, a moose mug, perhaps. Maybe a Blackhawks jersey, a Mickey Mouse bobblehead, uh, maybe some Disney ornaments. But the one thing you got to ask yourself, especially this weekend with The Force Awakens, 
Just what would you get a Wookiee for Christmas? Be right back, all VD heads. Let me see. We have a scarf for Skywalker, right? Yes. And perfume for the princess? Yes. yes. What about Han Solo? Couldn't we get him here, That leaves one big problem. The Wookiee. Couldn't we get him a comb? We gave him a comb last year. What can you get? A Wookiee for Christmas when he already Hi again, D-Heads. Welcome to another installment of This Week in Disney History. I'm Nathan, and ready to take you through another segment's worth of historical Disney facts and potential trivia. The week of Christmas is inching closer and closer, and so is Star Wars. Such an exciting holiday season is in full swing. So, as always, branching off that, let's begin. Kicking off this week, let's begin with a throwback to This Week in Diz Radio History with show number 58 from December of 2013, featuring Eric Allen Kramer, one of my favorite sitcom dads, the father on Good Luck Charlie. 
He also has some other memorable roles such as Robin Hood Men in Tights, The Incredible Hulk Returns, and Hot in Cleveland. So head on over to our archives and check out this blast from Diz Radio's past today. Well, after this show, that is. Now, starting out this week in Disney history, let's begin in 1903 when Hardy Albright, one of the adolescent voices of Disney's 1942 Bambi, is born in Pennsylvania. In 1925, Emmy Award-winning actor Dick Van Dyke, best known to Disney fans as Bert the Ambitious Chimney Sweep in the 64 musical Mary Poppins, is born in West Plains, Missouri. In 1952, Wed Enterprises, which stands for Walter Elias Disney, is founded as a private company owned solely by Walt Disney to design and create Disneyland and to manage Disney's personal assets. In 1957, actor Steve Buscemi, the voices of Wesley in Home in the Range and Randall Boggs in Monsters, Inc. is born in Brooklyn, New York. In 1961, Disney's first live-action musical feature film, Babes in Toyland, starring Ray Bulger, Tommy Sands, Annette Funicello, and Ed Wynn, is released. In 1966, on a Thursday, Walter Elias Disney passes away at St. Joe's Hospital of acute circulatory collapse, which is caused by lung cancer, just 10 days after his 65th birthday. When the news of Walt's death reaches Disneyland in Anaheim, much consideration was given to closing the park for the day in honor of him, but instead it's kept open just as he would have wanted, and the flags on Main Street USA are lowered to half-mast. In 1972, construction officially began on Space Mountain at Walt Disney World. In 1987, the Walt Disney World 3D presentation Magic Journey, which was originally shown at the Magic Eye Theater in Journey to Imagination's Pavilion at Epcot, opened at the Fantasyland Theater in the Magic Kingdom. In 1988, actress and singer Vanessa Ann Hudgens, who played Gabriela Montez on Disney Channel's High School Musical series, is born in Salinas, California. In 1989, Star Tours officially opened at the Disney MGM Park, and is going to be the first attraction to open in the park's new backlot annex area. In 2012, Christmas came early for some Disney California Adventure guests when they were treated to a surprise performance by country singer Brad Paisley in Cars Land. And we're going to end this holiday week in Disney history D-Heads with two in 2015. 5,000 invited guests experienced the Hollywood premiere of Star Wars The Force Awakens on this Monday evening. Three theaters, the iconic TCL Chinese, where the original Star Wars premiered in 77, the Dolby, and Disney's El Capitan, roll out the red carpets for the premiere of the hugely anticipated film. And also in 2015, Dick Van Dyke celebrated his 90th birthday at Disneyland. The Disney legend took part in a special dedication inside the Jolly Holiday Bakery Cafe and a cavalcade down Main Street, USA. Well, D-Heads, that's all again for this week in Disney history. Hope you enjoyed and learned something new maybe you didn't know. Get ready for Star Wars this week. May the Force be with you, always. And uh, feel free to email me at nathan at disradio.com if you got any questions. As always, have a great week. See you real soon. And happy holidays coming up. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Had a very shiny So bright, won't you guys?
Christmas decorations. Me and my son were shopping a couple years ago, right before Christmas. The store had a clearance section of Christmas decorations. My son being 8 years old and being a boy, he gravitated towards the tackiest decoration they had. It's Santa in an outhouse. Who doesn't love some good fart humor? You press a button and Santa says something fun and shakes as he farts. Regardless to say, I think it's hilarious. But my wife doesn't think so. She thinks it's kind of disgusting. But the last three years he gets put out for Christmas, it's a lot of rootin' tootin' fun. Merry Christmas, D-Heads, and Santa says... <laughs> Say, can you help a jolly old elf out? I'm fresh out of TP. Oh, my siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Identification. EC82. Hey gang, it's me again, Jason. Welcome back down here to the vault, where it's always naughty and nice. I am so happy to know that Christmas is just around the corner, and quite frankly, so is a galaxy far, far away, which is only just a few moments away. I cannot wait. I've been holding my breath and counting to ten and hoping that everything would be great in the world. And it will be. Trust me when I'm sitting in that seat. But you know what's even better than sitting in the movie theater? Is sitting with the ones you love watching a great Blu-ray. And that's what I'm going to bring you yet another Christmas treat here from the vault. I'm going to go to the most recent recent history because we love toys during Christmas and toys mean one thing. That's right, when we talk toys in Disney, we talk Toy Story. And we're going to go recent history as I bring out last year's enjoyable short, the 22-minute extravaganza for Christmas known as Toy Story That Time Forgot. Christmas is a great time for kids, and kids at heart, and grown-up kids like me. And well, Bonnie is no exception. 
Well, you remember Bonnie. She's the owner of Andy's Toys. And you remember Andy's Toys. Buzz, Woody, Trixie, Rex, the gang. You know, the toys everyone wishes they had when they were growing up. Bonnie received plenty of gifts, and that's always great for her. But she wanted to spend that time by bringing her friends over for a play date with her friend, Mason. And Mason, well, he hit the mother load when it came to Christmas. He got it all with the full Battlesaurus action figure line and playset. It's kind of like how I think I would be if I got every action figure and playset from Star Wars, which I'm still waiting for. So if you haven't thought of a Christmas gift yet, you can put that under the tree down here in the vault. But remember, Christmas is not about giving. It's about giving back. But not only did he receive plenty of action figures, he received the biggest video game system known to man, including every game and a virtual reality set. Mason's set. He has nowhere else to go. Thank goodness he's on Christmas break. Bonnie sees this and thinks that the world has changed. It's not like the same toys that she had, but I'm sure she can enjoy this too. So what about our gang? So the Toy Story gang gets here and thinks they're going to be at a play date. And they are, but it becomes more than what they anticipate. Trixie finds out that the entire Battlesaurus army greets them, along with their leader, Reptilius Maximus. Seeing that Trixie and Rex somewhat resemble our friend Maximus, they're suited up and ready for battle. The difference is, the Battlesaurus army fights, and when they fight, they fight to the death. And when they mean death, they mean like toy death, which I guess is real death. Oh, goodness, is this what my Hemium used to go through when I was asleep? Oh, my goodness. So it's up to Buzz and Woody to play Toy Story 1 and try to convince Maximus he's only a toy and not the great warrior and leader he's led to believe. However, it is the cunning cleric who is going to put a damper in all of this because the cleric has a bit of a role to play in the Battlesaurus line. And he needs Maximus to believe he is still a toy. Along the way, Buzz and Woody meet Angel Kitty, probably the best new toy that is introduced within this film. Angel Kitty is full of wisdom, joy, and that warmth you want to keep in your heart forever. Angel Kitty's wisdom goes throughout the entire film, trying to prove that it's not all about the latest and greatest, but it's the simpler things in life that make Christmas and life enjoyable. And that's what Bonnie needs to understand. And she does understand that. It's Mason who needs to understand that. And in the end, Mason puts down the game controller just once and realizes that toys are for playing and playtime is for friends. And friends are forever. This short is so wonderful to have in your collection. I, I love the fact that the first one we had was based in Halloween. The second one is now based in Christmas. I wish we would continue them forward because they were great additions to the holiday lineup. And it was wonderful to see new holiday programming coming to this newer generation. Of course, now that it's on Blu-ray, you're going to get it in stunning Disney 1080p with sharp imagery and vibrant colors. It's as if this came from the original movie series itself. The audio is just as splendid, so when you're with the Battlesaurus army, or when you're playing the game itself, it feels as if you're right there. 
Of course, with it being mastered in 7.1, the soundtrack is flawless. Of course, you're going to get some great special features on this Blu-ray. Reptilius is a look at the importance of building a detailed backstory for these characters so you understand exactly who the Reptilius gang is and why it's so important to include them in this Toy Story lineup. Toy Story goes to Comic-Con. It's the cast discussing their experiences at Comic-Con. And let me tell you, from being at a few cons, this is a great feature to see because it does sum up the experience in a great way. Karaoke, My Unexpected Friend. You get two choices to sing along. Reptilius sings and you sing. The difference being the former is performed by the characters and the latter, the lyrics are gone. So it's allowing you to sing along. Battlesaurs, the animated opening. It's a mock opening sequence for the Battlesaurs TV program. Again, giving that idea that these items have lived on in our lives forever, making such a great connectivity to the entire Toy Story universe. There are a few deleted scenes. Battlesaurs Christmas, Prisoners of Bone, SOS, Trixie's Proposal, and The Light of Play. Great little features. Understandably why they were cut, but still fun to see. And of course, no Blu-ray would be complete without audio commentary. This being with director Steve Purcell and head of story Derek Thompson. It is a great insightful track on what goes on to make such a cute storyline. Overall, again, it is a great new tradition to bring into your family so that you can watch this over and over and over again during the Christmas season. Again, Angel Kitty is the one that makes it for me. But maybe it's Trixie being the leader of the gang, or Buzz and Woody working together to make it all happen. Whatever the choice may be, Toy Story That Time Forgot is a Blu-ray you're not going to soon forget. Well, gang, I'm going to put this under the tree and be prepared for Santa as I get prepared to be a part of The Force Awakens. So, I'm going to put this away, watch another film, and be ready for you next week as we prepare for the Christmas edition of The Vault next week here on Disney On Demand. So until then, gang, remember, the magic of Disney movies is always underneath your tree and deep inside of you. In this modern age... Perfect. Too many people have lost sight of the true meaning of Christmas. Shut up, Ralphie! So now, in the spirit of the original... I made you! Stop! Tradition. American Christmas. Thanks a lot! MGM presents... A Christmas Story. That's in the snow. Uncle! Uncle! And a one-horse open sleigh. For the field we go. Italian. <laughs> My 
anything that's supposed to be fragile. A Christmas story. Come on! The movie that pulls off Santa's beard. And unwraps the secrets. Did I get a tie this year? Of the original, traditional. He looks like a deranged Easter bunny. 100% two-fisted, red-blooded. It's smiling at me. All American Christmas. A Christmas story. Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you fans out there, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And as we continue to bring all the magic and memories from your lifetime of television, movies, and so much more, with us here this week is somebody that's no stranger to the holiday season, with it being, you know, Christmas, holidays, so much more. You know him from a variety of different things, from a Christmas story, as well as the toy with Richard Pryor, and many other things, including Kid Co., and a lot more that we're going to talk about. We have none other than Scott Schwartz here with us. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Thank you. How are you? Everybody good? Oh, it is our pleasure having you on. Fantastic holiday season. It uh, it wouldn't be the holiday season without a leg lamp in the window. Yeah, I got a few friends. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler from WWE is one of my good friends, and he's got his 46-inch uh, leg lamp in his window. He loves it. <laughs> well, with that, you know, second way here, I guess, uh, before we get into, you know, Christmas Story, the toy, and all those kind of fun things, I guess, what led you down the road of acting at such a young age? Uh, just something that happened. I got asked to uh, if I wanted to be in a commercial, and I started at, you know, a little past eight years old, and... It just kept going from there. It's just, it was something I liked and I had fun with it, so I did it. Well, you know, and it was fruitful. And, of course, you know, with the holiday season, the one thing everybody always talks about is a Christmas story. And uh, I guess, uh, how did you get the role in the Christmas story as Flick? And, uh, well, there's a couple other questions that I'm sure we'll touch base on. But I guess, how did you land that role, first and foremost? Uh, you know, really, probably the easiest audition I ever had. <laughs> I, I had, the, I had the, the toy had just come out in the theaters, and Bob Clark, the director, saw it. And I came back from finishing Kidco in Arizona, and I was in New Jersey, and I got my, my uh, audition in New York and went in and sat down and talked to him. And he's like, are you hungry? And I was the only one there. I said, uh, sure. It was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. He's like, sure. So he went out and grabbed my dad and grabbed a couple of hot dogs. And came back and talked for another five minutes. He said, listen, it was a pleasure to meet you. I said, oh, thank you. And walked uh, walked about seven blocks to my agent's office. He had already called. I was in the movie. That was it. Well, you know, and now that movie has gone on to be a holiday staple. I mean, it is one of those that's passed on to generations. I've shown it to my kids. Now, when you were filming this, uh, did you have inner, any inkling at all, um, you know, who, you know, who is the person behind these stories or the film or anything at all? Uh, or did you just kind of jump into it as it's a fun holiday movie? Uh, you know, for me, it was just it was just a job. You know, I had done two films in the in the previous year, and this was the third one. And uh, you know, nobody knew what it was going to be. You know, it was a small movie uh, as far as budget goes, and as far as you know, there were no big stars in it at the time. Um, you know, I mean, wonderful cast with Darren McGavin and Melinda Dillon and Peter. Uh, and we just did it, and it was just a nice little movie. You know, if you read the script, 
And I went, oh, this is nice. That was pretty much what we got out of it. And uh, who knew that America would just kind of latch onto it and be one of the the, the the absolute yearly staples. And now it's, you got to watch Christmas Story on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Well, you know, and it has become that kind of staple. And, of course, you know, you with being Flick in the film, um, you know, you're kind of that, that friend that everybody has, that, that person that's always, like, nudging you and poking you with a stick. Uh, you know, did you have fun playing that kind of role where you're just kind of the instigator of your friends? Oh, of course. You know, I mean, can I say it was a lot of acting? Yeah, it was some acting, but not very much. It was just me having fun. I've always been, you know, fun and crazy and goofy and all those things. So uh, Bob Clark just said, hey, play it the way you want to play it. If I don't like it, I'll let you know. And he almost never said that to me. But worked, it, it worked, and it was six weeks of, uh, of work. I worked one day a week. Otherwise, I was doing schoolwork and video games. I had a blast. Well, you know, and the one scene that, of course, everybody, you know, probably asks you about, and we're going to ask it as well, of course, the flagpole. Now, what was it like with that scene? And, uh, you know, one, how did they pull it off? And, uh, you know, how memorable is that scene now? Does everyone recognize you for that scene? Well, sure. I mean, it's it's become an iconic scene. Uh, you know, I was very blessed that they, the people in uh, Hammond, Indiana, decided to erect a life-size bronze statue of me. And it's at the Welcome Center in Hammond, Indiana. And it's just, it's taken on a whole life of its own. You know, shooting it, uh, you know, the basis of shooting it, uh, not a lot of fun. You know, when you're out there in a schoolyard like that, um, and it's anywhere from 17 to 25 below zero with the wind chill, you know, we had battery operated everything from underwear, long john, socks, shirt. I mean, everything was battery operated to keep us warm. And it was it was pretty brutal. We did two long days out there uh, of shooting. And, you know, as far as uh, comfortability goes, you know, I'll take the four months I spent in Louisiana doing the toy any day of the week over, you know, the frozen tundra of, of Cleveland and uh, St. Catharines, Ontario. <laughs> now, I, I guess with that, too, you know, th- of course, your tongue wasn't really stuck to that. It was, what did they use? Was it like a vacuum or something like that? Yeah, it was a, there was a real flagpole, but then over it they put a piece of plastic that they made look like a pole. They had cut a little hole in it, about the size of your pinky nail. And they had a little tube with like a vacuum cleaner that was buried in the snow, and they turned it on, and it was like a suction tube, and that was it. Well, you know, and, you know, working on this film, um, you know, of course, being, you know, a cast with other kids and whatnot and just, you know, having that kind of fun. Was there a lot of hijinks on the set that we're never going to be able to see, but it's things that are just lasting memories for you for years to come? Oh, I mean, you know, we had a lot of fun, you know, the video games and and being on the set and horsing around, playing around. Uh, You know, I uh, myself and Peter, we used to what I would say terrorize uh, Bob Clark, because whenever the set would break we would go and we'd call room service and order him a steak and lobster tail. And this way, you know, he'd get back to the room and five minutes later, somebody would knock on his door and say, room service, he'd be like, I didn't order this. And they'd be like, well, sir, we have, you know, Bob Clark, we have your room here and we have your steak. And ah, oh, geez, okay, fine. He would never put, uh, he'd never turn a meal away. Even though he didn't order it, he'd never turn it away. And about a month in, he finally said, hey, guys, do me a favor. Don't order me any steak, whoever's doing it. Well, you know, with that, you know, he's a good sport, realizing, hey, I'm I'm having fun with a bunch of kids here. Now, with that, um, do you keep in contact or run across anybody from the cast uh, at any time through the years? Sure. You know, it, it's a little different now, you know, with the, the in- invention of the Internet. Um, but about the first five or six years after we did the film, 
Uh, I saw Peter once, twice, uh, and then I moved to California in uh, 87, and uh, about a year later, I found uh, Zach Ward, who plays Scott Farkas, the bully, uh, and then since then, we've just, it's one after the other, and, and then most of us stay in touch. You know, I talked to R.D. yesterday, who played uh, Schwartz, who played, you know, my name, but it was Schwartz, the other guy. Um, I talked to Zach yesterday. We're heading to Boston this this weekend for a little show that we're going to do. Um, you know, we've seen Linda Dillon once or twice over the years. You know, Bob was a, a friend when I got out here. So I, I kept in touch with most of them. Well, you know, and with that, too, you know, keeping in touch with everybody and, you know, has, you know, as it should be considering this film has gone on to be, uh, you know, a holiday legend now in terms of getting passed on. I guess with that, does it shock you looking back now all these years that this film is still holding up? It's a holiday classic. It's it's the modern classic. It's this generation's version of It's a Wonderful Life. It's It's a must watch. Do you ever just step back and you're like, Wow, I was lucky enough to be part of this little nugget that's going to continue on. Of course. You know, there are thousands and thousands of films that get made that just get thrown up against the wall, and only a few of them stick. And, you know, it's uh, it's a wonderful thing to be a part of A Christmas Story. Uh, still, all these years later, be talking about it. People love it. They enjoy it. They, they embellish the time that they get to spend with their families. And, and watch this thing and just they, they pass it down, like you said, from generation to generation. Um, you know, none of us knew, you know, and, and realistically, uh, you know, I, I, I thank Ted Turner because he was the one who bought the film from MGM and uh, turned it on the, the 24-hour marathon, and that really jump-started the masses loving the film. It was kind of a cult movie. You know, when it came out, it came out, people liked it, and then it kind of disappeared, but then it came out on video. And people literally would loan their friends the VHS tape. You gotta watch this movie, it's wonderful, you gotta watch this. So we had this little cult following, and then once the 24 hour marathon hit, you know, in 96, it, it started to hit, and then 97, 98, and by the time, you know, 2000 and 2003 really rolled around, then we had the toy companies making the toys and the games, the action figures, and all the other stuff. And it just put it into another stratosphere. But it's it's been uh, it's been a heck of a lot of fun to be on a Monopoly board and an action figure, and and have a, a statue and, and have a legacy, something behind from a movie that is just so small, but people love it. And and it's definitely been uh, a blessing. And now we got a a slot machine and casinos, Christmas Story the game. I mean, there's just no stopping this thing. Well, you know, and with that, with the no stopping, and of course, and like you said, the fan base has continued to grow. So with that, um, you know, with all all the different places and, and, you know, I'm sure the panels and things you guys have done, of course, you know, probably appearing at, you know, the Christmas Story Museum, so many different places. Do you ever have any of those fans that are just so over the top? You're like, wow, this this person loves this movie just above and beyond. There's many out there from the people who you know, dress up like us for Halloween. Uh, there's a teacher out in New Jersey her name is Hope. She dressed up like me with the flagpole, and snow came out of it, and she had a rubber tongue and all that, and won one of the Fox shows. She won Best Dressed Costume. Um, there was a guy that's got, uh, uh, one guy's got a Ralphie tattoo on his thigh, and another guy's got a leg lamp on his thigh. You know, it's, it's uh, but it's the love of the film. 
Definitely. Well, you know, and with that too, of course, the love of the film, everybody loves the leg lamp and we love, you know, uh, getting your tongue stuck to the flagpole. But the one question that I know everybody's going to ask is, did you ever get a chance to own your very own Red Rider? Well, considering realistically it has nothing to do with me, realistically, uh, yeah, actually one year my dad gave me a Red Rider for Christmas. Or for Hanukkah, I should say, in my case. I mean, I took it home and sit up over the head with it because I'm like, what am I going to do with this thing? But it's like, okay, fine. You know, it's it's one of those that I, you know, for some reason, I know all of our listeners, we ask them, you know, what kind of questions we should ask you, and they just assume that everybody in that cast has to have a Red Rider BB gun at some point. You know, I don't think Zach owns one. I don't think Ian owns one. I'm pretty sure Pete has one. Um, you know, it's it's funny. My dad got me a, a Red Rider for Hanukkah one year, but yet when the people from the toy offered to let me have anything on the set and they were going to send me one of the motorized cars and all the cool stuff, my dad goes, no, that's okay. <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I ended up with a Red Rider, so there you go. Well, you know, and stepping aside from, you know, Christmas story and all those kinds of, you know, wonderful things and gifts and Red Riders, um, how about toys and the movie that preceded A Christmas Story and the toy with Jackie Gleason and Richard Pryor? Um, how did you land that role? Because that movie is just, you know, it's a gem for people that are movie fans out there, fans of Richard Pryor, of course, the iconic Jackie Gleason. Uh, what was it like working on that film, um, you know, in that kind of stature? Because in the, in the day... That movie was just a comedic genius. Well, that process was a little bit more difficult. That was a nine audition and screen test process that I went through for about nine weeks. You know, about once a week I was going in, and then the numbers were dwindling when I started out. It's what we call a cattle call, when they just had like 400 kids, and it was, say your name, how are you, nice to meet you, okay, fine. They ask one thing, and out the door you go. Um, and then it got all the way down to screen testing in New York, um, and then they flew me out to California, and I screen tested at the Burbank Studios and did all that. Uh, it was amazing, you know, uh, getting the film, uh, the rationalization of I'm going to be doing this, and then it's, you know, the wardrobe fitting in California first, then you're flying to Louisiana to go shoot this thing, and, you know, meeting Richard Pryor for the first time, you know, just phenomenal there's no i can't speak enough about him uh you know he's gone 10 years yesterday or his birthday i'm sorry his birthday was yesterday he was 75 yesterday and uh he actually passed on december 10th which is the same day the toy opened in the theaters very strange day for me uh shooting with gleason you know mr gleason was just the consummate professional you treated him with respect and he treated you with respect was he an overly nice man? Not to most of the people on the set. He was nice to me. I was a fan. I knew who he was. I did Smokey and the Bandit routines for him. I did the honeymooners for him. I loved to do impressions. And he and I had a really good time. It, it's an experience that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm finishing up my book and I write about it for, for, you know, a chapter and a half because there was the never ending stories of the people and 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 where we were and what we did and you know the 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 mixed reactions of the film you know a lot of people you know it's sort of another beloved movie but it's different because it's got different things in it you know it's got the the edginess of a of a rich white man buying a black man you know and the slavery thing and this is politically incorrect now and all that 
but people love it because it's really a heart movie. It's a, a father-son relationship, and this this strange man gets a father and a son to care about each other. Definitely, you know, and like you said, it's it's a different kind of movie for a different time, but at the same time. Everybody still loves it to this day. And, you know, like you said, you're right, adding it into your book, all your memoirs, you know, that kind of thing, adding it with Richard Pryor, Jackie Gleason, um, you know, and going through your career and all these different things. Um, you know, with that, uh, is there anything that you're working on now that you like to let everybody in on? Because, of course, you know, you don't live in 1983 your whole life. So what are you working on now? Uh, I am actually the president of an organization. It's a 501c3 charity. Um, that's called A Minor Consideration. And it's for child labor laws for kids in the entertainment, actors, singers, dancers, musicians. And uh, what we do is we help the working process uh, on sets and in additional things. Uh, just a quick example, if you're on a movie set and you bring an animal on a set, there's 120 pages of federal guidelines you have to follow. However, if you bring a child on a set, it's two paragraphs. Children in the entertainment industry are federally exempt from working laws. Believe it or not, it was done in 1938 and it was never changed. And there's a lot of a lot of states to this day that still that's what they have. You know that's why you see studios building in Louisiana, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. They don't have these laws and rules, so you don't have to have a, a child on a set only eight hours a day. You can work them 15 hours a day. You do have to have three hours of schooling, but you can work them long hours. Um, the reality shows these children are getting paid nothing, zero. You know, the kids from the Dugars and the Johnny K plus eight, those kids got paid nothing, zip. They paid the parents, but they didn't pay the kids. There's a lot, a lot of rules and laws that need to be changed in our charity. You know, our, our function is to get to the lawmakers, write up bills, get laws changed to protect kids in and around show business of, of all forms. And well, you, you know, can actually, like, you can go to aminorconsideration.org. That's our website. And, yes, you can donate and you can read about us and, and check us out. Well, you know, and like I was going to say, that you know, that's something that is overlooked so much, especially you hit the nail on the head with reality television and how everybody is uh, – you know, reality TV, whether you love it or you hate it, it's here. And like you said, these children are not seeing any of this. And they have to grow up around the cameras and whatnot. And, uh, you know, it goes above and beyond. So, you know, for you heading this and taking this with, you know, to heart in so many different places, um, I'm sure we're going to be slowly seeing a change in, uh, you know, you're, you know, taking this on and with everybody. And I'm sure over time it's going to continue to change. Well, it's been in existence for 26 years. Uh, Paul Peterson, who was an actor back in the 60s, he was on the Donna Reed show, he was a Mouseketeer, uh, he started it, and he got up to where it is now, and the next generation is now sort of taking over, Paul is still there, we still want him as a part uh, of this, because he knows everybody, he knows what's been done, uh, the, the lawmakers, uh, it's just time to do it right. You know, the, the, basically what's happening is you're, they're creating a generation of defective kids. You know, you don't understand what it does to an 8, 9, 10, 12-year-old who's famous on television. And then the show gets canceled. And then what do they do? How do they go back to real life? You know, we have doctors, attorneys, psychologists that, that help the kids in show business. 
um, to try and, and, and work problems out and issues out. And, you know, now you've got all this bullying and the Internet and it's, you know, what somebody said on Facebook. And, you know, it's gotten to the point of just being overwhelming and ridiculous. But there's nobody really there to help the kids that can talk to the kids that are in the business. You know, and I'm, I'm, I've been doing it now for a little while, and I've had a lot of, of the younger generation come to me and say, thank you. You know, I didn't know this. I didn't know that. You know, I, I, I wasn't sure about this. And you sort of, you, you guided me in the right direction. And, and that's what we're, that's what we're here for. You know, I don't want to see, uh, you know, the actors or the young actors to take a wrong turn. And it's the DUIs and the overdoses and, you know, the drug use and all the things that the pitfalls that kids can get into. But if somebody they know, they respect, who's been there, says, listen, this is not the direction you want to go. You know, let's try and keep them in the right direction. I, I'd like to see less children in the entertainment industry with problems so they can live a fruitful, happy life. Well, you know, and I think that's something that, you know, everybody wants to have. You want them to be able to, like you said, have that fruitful and happy life and, you know, come in full circle here, you know, and, you know, going back, like you said, you know, you want it to have that simpler time, that carefree time, much of what was portrayed in A Christmas Story and so much more. And uh, we know you're busy, a lot of things going on. And, uh, you know, you will be uh, making some appearances and some rounds during the holiday season as well. Is uh, Would you like to let anybody in as to uh, where you're going to be for that? Uh, this weekend, uh, myself and a few of the other guys, Zach, Ian, and Yano, we're going to be in Boston um, at the Northeast Comic Con. Next Saturday, we're in Buffalo, New York. Um, and then the day, uh, the day after, on Sunday, I'm going to be in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I think it's called Legends and Sports, uh, Lou Brown's Cards. It's, a, it's in a mall there in Grand Rapids. I'm sure it's one of the bigger malls there, and I'll be there Sunday all day signing and, and appearing there. And then, uh, you know, then it's home, and I might have one more thing at the, here in California, and then it's off to the holidays, and I get to sleep. <laughs> well, you know, with that, you know, uh, you know, for all of your fans out there, fans of A Christmas Story, The Toy, Kid Co., um, all the work you're doing now, and so much more, for everybody that wants to open up that crate that says Fragile, is there anything you'd like to leave out there for all the fans of Scott Schwartz and all of your work that you've done uh, for the holiday season? I just say thank you for your care and your support, and, you know, I wish everybody to have a happy and healthy holiday, no matter what you celebrate, be it Hanukkah or Christmas or Kwanzaa or whatever it is. Just be safe, be well, and be healthy. Fantastic. Well, it was our pleasure having you on, Scott. And, uh, you know, you're welcome back any holiday season or when you finally get that book out there. I would love to definitely take a read. Sounds terrific. Thank you so much. Slaver's ring, gorillas in the lane, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight, happy tonight, towing in a winter wonderland. With two parks and new attractions, the happiest place on earth just got merrier. Towing in a winter wonderland. Hey there, D-Heads. Paige here with an all-new holiday magical music review. We are in our third week of the Diz Radio Very Merry Christmas celebration, and I've got some great music lined up for this week. 
Everyone is finally reaching that glorious point of being dismissed from school and starting Christmas break. So this week, I'm throwing it back to the CD that started off many a Christmas break for me in the past. Chock full of some favorite Christmas tunes covered by a variety of artists, Radio Disney Holiday Jams 2 was released on October 15, 2002, getting on the shelves early to start thinking about the Christmas season as soon as Halloween finished up 16 days later. I picked out three of my favorites from this Radio Disney collection, so let's get on to the music. Radio Disney has a long history of airing songs sung by favorite Disney Channel stars, and Hilary Duff is no exception. Still in the midst of filming episodes for the hit show Lizzie McGuire, Hilary released her debut album with Walt Disney Records, Santa Claus Lane. The song Santa Claus Lane was not only released on this album and by Radio Disney on the same day, but was also on the soundtrack for the Santa Claus 2. It has become a favorite in my household and is definitely the equivalent of a classic amongst the 2000 crowd. Common amongst different Disney compilation CDs, popular groups cover pre-existing songs. Written by Paul McCartney in 1979, Wonderful Christmas Time holds a place in many a Christmas playlist. McCartney recorded the song entirely on his own while in sessions putting together his solo album, McCartney 2. Popular contemporary Christian group Jump 5 had many songs air on Radio Disney and released on Radio Disney CDs for years. Releasing their cover on the 2002 Christmas album, All the Joy in the World, it also got airtime from the Radio Disney album a week before their own album was released. Here with us on the Holiday Jams, let's spend Jump 5's cover of Wonderful Christmas Time. A wonderful Christmas. 
by British glam rock band Wizard, I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day, has enjoyed long-lasting popularity in the UK since its release in December of 1973. While it has never charted higher than four in the singles charts, it still holds a spot on the holiday playlists. Appearing on Disney Mania, The Princess Diaries, Kim Possible, and a few Radio Disney CDs, the Swedish pop group The Eighteens enjoyed good coverage from the Disney music world. In 2002, they recorded their cover of I Wish It Could Be Christmas Every Day for the Radio Disney Holiday Jams 2 album, and to this day, it is one of my favorite songs at this time of year. Full of energy, it's a great song for any Christmas party. some more from the Christmas shelves of my Disney Music Library. Feel free to connect with me and the rest of the team on the D-Wire Discussion Facebook page or send me your thoughts, suggestions, questions, or favorite Disney Christmas music at page at disradio.com. That's P-A-I-G-E at disradio.com. Until next time, D-Heads, see ya! Welcome back, Christmas break, and may the Force be with you. Troopers and their dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that... I'm 
here with Winnie the Pooh, Eeyore, and Rabbit. Hello. And we're celebrating the holiday season by spending a quiet evening at home trimming the Christmas tree. Yes. Hello, I'm Michael Eisner, head of the Walt Disney Company. As you can see, we have a slight problem. No Christmas tree. Oops. But I'm not concerned. We sent Tigger out to find the perfect Christmas tree for us to decorate. And here he Come is now. Come on in now. there. There you go. Oh, your Christmas tree, Mr. That Price. is not a Christmas tree. What? It's a palm tree. How do we decorate a palm tree? That's not what the salesman told me. Well, it's, it's, it's okay, Tigger. It's okay. I'm sure you did your best. Don't get too upset. Oh, I am no. so mortified. He's feeling terrible. He's taking it very hard. We have to do something. I got an idea. Oh, no, Let's get some decorations. Good idea. This okay. Oh, Whatever you think, boss. There you go. What do you think, Michael O'Buddy? Christmas in Southern California. <laughs> perfect, Tigger. Thank you. Just you're perfect. Thinner, it's true. Oh, Mr. Eisner, don't forget me. Oh, right. Hey, no secret. Who wanted me to remind you that after his Christmas special is over, there's more fun to follow? Those lovable characters from DuckTales, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, star <laughs> hockey champ, followed by another famous duck, Donald, who makes an appearance in Barely Sleep. And finally, a behind-the-scenes look at the latest Disney classic, Beauty and the Beast. No, you're talking! Oh. And happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays! Hey again, D-Heads, this is Nathan, and I'm dropping in with another Christmas memory. Uh, this week, I just wanted to take a look back and talk about just uh, the tackiest decorations I've probably ever seen for Christmas. Um... Ironically, I don't really think a lot of Christmas decorations are actually tacky. Yes, they can be displayed in kind of an odd manner, like what were you thinking exactly, or what was your original, you know, curve here that you were trying to go for. Um, but I've seen Clark Griswold's house, and that's probably one of my favorite, most you know, quote unquote, well decorated homes. Uh, so, really, I don't think that there's a lot of things that I just don't think are decorated that well. Um, but branching off of that, I do think that some of the worst decorations I've ever seen actually are the decorations that are out way, way too early. Um, good example, my family likes to take little weekend trips or, you know, a few longer days if we're able to, uh, to spare them and go up to Chicago. Um... And we just like to visit and, you know, check out things we haven't seen before. I mean, even if we're just driving through Chicago, it's the scenery that, that is, you know, cool to us. We've never been up there for the actual, like, Christmas holiday season, really, before to see kind of, you know, like, a lot of the decorations and whatnot. But I remember specifically, we went to um, a indoor water park resort up there called Key Lime Cove. And it's affiliated with uh, Six Flags Great America, which is their park up there. And uh, anyways, we're... You know, driving from down on our neck of the woods near St. Louis, the six-hour drive up to Chicago, and a little ways past, actually, to get there, uh, closer to Wisconsin. But um, on the way home, we actually stopped at a Cracker Barrel to get some food uh, near Springfield, Illinois, which is uh, Abraham Lincoln's home. Um, but anyways, we're there, and it's, I want to say, late August, early September is when we went. And we walked in, and they already had Halloween up, which I understand, it's right around the corner. But in one section, it's almost like they had the standard country store at Cracker Barrel. And then in a portion of the store 
was half Thanksgiving and a little smidgen of Christmas. Almost as if they were like, hey, we can't wait a few more weeks until it hits September or October because all this stuff's gone and then it's going to be like half the store Christmas. Um, I understand the whole wanting to get a jump on things, but I just think that's some of the tackiest decorations because I remember being a kid and it was like, you know, Thanksgiving would hit and there would be a few Christmas decorations out here in their stores and then the whole point was it was like, cool, Thanksgiving is done, now we get to go to stores and see all the trees up at Macy's or... You know, all the decorations. So, I mean, that was something I always looked forward to as a kid. Now it's kind of like, happy Halloween, here's your Christmas stuff. <laughs> but, you know, while they may be beautiful decorations that are out, they definitely are kind of tacky and ugly to me at the time because it's kind of like, can we just take it one holiday at a time? Even if you guys put this stuff up at the very beginning of December or the last few weeks of November, I know we'll have enough time to accomplish everything. And if not, that's what the internet is for. <laughs> But anyways, um, I think that's some of the tackiest decorations I've ever seen because, like I said, I really like Christmas and I really love the decorations and the thought people put into stuff and uh, I would just like to see it a little streamlined better is all. But despite that, um, again, happy holidays to your family from mine to yours and I will talk to you guys soon. Hello, this is Shanda Bell, the co-author of The Elf on the Shelf, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed another fantastic edition here at the show to celebrate our very Merry Christmas celebration. I'd like to extend a very special thank you once again to the one and only iconic Scott Schwartz flick from A Christmas Story for stopping in here, sharing his stories, and helping us celebrate the holidays here at Disney On Demand. Definitely be on the lookout for more from Scott coming up in the next year. I'd also like to thank the D-Team. Yes, Aaron, Nathan, Caitlin, Paige, Jason, and Cody, all for stopping in here this week with their signature segments, their memories, and so much more. And remember, you can always connect up with the D-Team on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. Dot com. Connect up with the D-Team. They don't bite. They'll just spread you some holiday cheer. And most of all, thank you, the D-Heads. Without you, there would be no show. We've been going on for five years with the help of all of you D-Heads. You helped us take the championship in the Behind the Magic Tournament of Podcasts and so much more. So thank you, the D-Heads. You are the reason we continue to bring you the lifetime of magic, memories, and so much more here at the show. So, all of you D-Heads, with that said, we still have more coming from our very Merry Christmas celebration, as next week is Christmas. The day has finally arrived, and we have a very special guest stopping in here next week to help us celebrate the big, big day. But before I clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. Com. There you can find our full list of past shows, our complete archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash John Diz, that's J-O-N-D-I-Z. 
You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and so much more. Just search Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, or Disney On Demand, all of which will help you find our fun, unique, quirky little show. And you can always subscribe and get the latest shows right there on your device and more just by subscribing through iTunes and Stitcher Radio and get the latest shows right there on your Android, your iPhone, your tablet, your mobile device, and more, and listen to us as soon as it debuts. And remember, you can find all of these links on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, the day is almost upon us. Christmas is almost here. We've had a fun show full of Star Wars, magic, leg lamps, and so much more. So next week, let's just think goofballs. Let's think RV trucks. Let's think squirrels. Let's think moose mugs. Put it all together and see what you come up with. So until next week, all of you D-heads, make those magic, the memories this weekend. Make some cookies. Make some chocolate-covered pretzels. Wrap those presents. Go to the mall, bum around, have some hot chocolate, you name it. But like I always say, never neglect family for business. Make those memories this weekend and make the magic happen. Until next week, all of you D-heads, ho, 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 Merry Christmas, and have a fantastic weekend. Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.